0: working cows podcast episode 313 this episode is brought to you by c90 ocean minerals welcome to the podcast that gives producers a platform to discuss and share paradigm challenging practices practices that have increased the effectiveness of their operation and the joy that their families have received from this lifestyle Hi everybody, this is Clay Connery, host of the Working Cows podcast, recorded exclusively in the C90 Ocean Minerals studios, and this episode is brought to you by C90 Ocean Minerals. And very excited to have with me today Michael Sillick from C90 Ocean Minerals, and he's going to uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, a new product that they've got going, or the relaunch of a product that they've got going on right now. So Michael, uh, welcome, to, welcome back to the show.
1: Thank you so much, Clay. Thrilled to be here again. Good to see you.
0: Good to to have you back. And I'm excited about uh, what you've got going on here with the Baja Gold, uh, the relaunch. I've got some Baja Gold at my house. We've been using it uh, for uh, a while now and really enjoy the product. Uh, But tell me a little bit about what you guys are, are doing on the relaunch of this product.
1: Sure. So we're thrilled today to announce the relaunch of Baja Gold Sea Salt. Uh, We're actually retitling it the Baja Gold Salt Company. And your listeners, of course, are familiar with C90 Ocean Minerals, which are a very high mineral and trace element sea salt product that is used throughout agriculture. Um, Baja Gold Sea Salt was actually the brainchild of Robert Kane. um, For Several years ago, Um, he said that he had had a lot of success with farmers bringing C90 into the kitchen because of the great mineral and trace element benefits and the taste of it, um, but that they were looking for something a little bit more convenient than a 50-pound bag of livestock salt. And so from that, Baja Gold Sea Salt was born. Um, So similar to C90, Baja Gold does offer a reduced sodium level, so a lower salt content and therefore higher and elevated mineral and trace element content. So it's a much healthier and also more flavorful sea salt. And those minerals and trace elements really provide the key building blocks to help improve your physical and mental performance every day. Um, So while Baja Gold does originate from the same water source as C90, and that's the Sea of Cortez, Um, And there's a wonderful episode on the history of C90 and uh, the Sea of Cortez and Dr. Maynard Murray um, that I would recommend listeners take a listen to. Um, But the Baja Gold, while it is sourced from the Sea of Cortez, it's handled and processed through human-grade techniques and in FDA-grade facilities. Um, So the first product, of course, as part of the relaunch is our mineral sea salt for the kitchen and for culinary use. Um, As I mentioned, we truly believe it's the world's healthiest and most flavorful sea salt. And we're excited to introduce new grain sizes, new packaging sizes, and even a convenient countertop grinder that you can use when preparing foods. Uh, We're also going to be expanding into several other products to help support your overall health, wellness, and performance. So first up, we have our new Liquid Ocean Minerals which is a concentrated mineral and trace element solution product that's sometimes referred to as a Soleil water. Um, So that's going to help support your overall health and wellness and also support your hydration throughout the day. Next up, we have uh, something that's really exciting. It's our new Ocean Mineral Soak line. And so that's perfect for muscle rejuvenation and enhanced physical recovery. And then lastly, um, we have a new product that I'm personally the most excited about. That's our new sport line that we are calling Ocean Power. And so Ocean Power is going to provide all-natural electrolytes for endurance, recovery, and hydration throughout your day. And, of course, sport and performance doesn't have to mean marathons or football games or anything like that. Anytime that you're active and sweating out on the farm, uh, you'll benefit from putting those electrolytes back into your body. And so those all-natural ocean-based electrolytes all of the minerals and trace elements in nature's perfect balance uh, within that ocean power product line. Uh, So we're really excited about this. I'm really grateful for the opportunity to speak to everyone about it. Um, I feel that salt is more and more in the discussion, both with livestock health and also with human health. Um, More and more experts are beginning to speak to the role that salt plays in your body's performance, whether it's physical performance or mental performance. Um, And I think it's about time that we started revisiting things, uh, you know, related to the salt versus sugar discussion. And for many, many decades now, um, you know, people are just starting to challenge what used to be thought of as the medical uh, perception of these things. Um, And I'll just leave it as salt is very critical to your body's performance. You cannot uh, continue to live and thrive without salt. Um, And having a great salt like Baja Gold is even more critical to being at your best and performing your best every day. Um, And one of those nutritional experts that um, I was alluding to is Marissa Tolzma from Bumblebee Apothecary. And she's a certified GAPS coach, a nutritionist. She's a homesteader, an entrepreneur. uh, She's a wellness provider for her entire family. um, And I thought it would be really wonderful for her to share her expertise and her experiences with the Working Cows audience. Um I've personally learned a lot about nutrition and overall and overall wellness from her, um, and I thought that would be really applicable to the listeners as well so uh with that, i'm going to turn it over to you and Marissa and uh look forward to listening to you to what you guys have to say
0: very good, Michael thank you appreciate all that i'm I'm also very excited about ocean power uh, I'm learning about it with everybody else but uh we have a uh we don't have a day without highs in the mid to upper nineties in in western South Dakota for the rest of this this week and next week, so uh, it's looking like it's going to be a little bit of a hot spell, and we're, we're we're working on getting the brine water out to the to the yearlings. But I'd like to have some equivalent of that brine water for myself here in the next food few days. So I'm excited about that product.
1: Absolutely, you hit <laughs> the nail on the head. And and uh, what we're really trying to do. Is go back to the original formulas for some of those um, uh, commercial sports drinks, uh, which originated, you know, hot days, a little bit of sea salt and a little bit of lemon in a, in a glass of water. Um, hmm. So those are all natural electrolytes. We're trying to bring that back without all the sugars and all the other added ingredients and flavorings and colorings and things of that nature. So uh, truly an all natural sport performance drink. Uh, just like you're providing that brine tank for your livestock.
0: Yeah, here's a, here's a useless fact for you. Gator aid originally developed for the Florida gators as a gator aid. It was an aid for them. That's where that name came from. And it was uh, developed as a sports drink for them. So they play in some hot, humid environments down there and uh, had some of those electrolytes, which uh, are compounds that come from the salt, as I understand it. So very, very, very cool. But Marissa, uh, thank you for joining me on the Working Cows podcast. Welcome.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm very excited to talk to you too. I, um, these these conversations around wellness are very important. You know, we talk about managing land, animals, money, and people on the Working Cows podcast. Those are kind of the four pillars of our operations. Uh, and people management isn't just about how do we handle communication. It's also about how do we handle health and and how do we make sure that we're able to thrive in our in our operations uh, from a from a physical standpoint, so I'm excited to talk to you about some of that.
2: Yes, yeah, for sure.
0: And how uh, how did you get started with uh, Bumblebee Apothecary and some of your your background? What what was some of that uh, that got you started down this road?
2: Yeah, it was really in big part my own um, health journey, and then as I um, met my husband and then we have um, four kids now too just continuing on with that and learning more um, it started off by just actually a little Etsy shop where I made tallow balm and some soaps and things like that and um, pretty soon I, I found out that I wanted to expand more and actually have a platform to talk about things and share about health and everything I'm really passionate about and that's where the, the blog, the website and the YouTube channel was born
0: Sure, yeah. And so, do, what specifically prompted you to start the YouTube channel? Was there uh, something that drew you to that platform specifically, or were, the, were there uh, was there a reason to to go there specifically?
2: Right. Um, I just had doing some research and listening and watching to other people who had YouTube channels. I really loved the combination of being able to create content around what I was passionate about and um, what I liked. And wanted to share with the world and then also that it can be actually a business and can be a, a good source of income when you use the right strategies.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think one of, the, one of the cool things about online content creation is kind of the de facto community that forms around the content that you're creating. Have you seen that?
2: For sure, yes. And that is one of my favorite things about it, too, is the people who come to watch and read the content do end up just making this wonderful community around it. So like-minded people that share the same thoughts and have been through similar journeys and things like that. It's amazing to see that. It's definitely one of my favorite parts.
0: Yeah. Uh, how has Bumblebee Apothecary evolved and changed over the years?
2: Um, I would say the biggest um, change is probably just, like I said, switching from selling a few little products on Etsy to what I do on YouTube. And that is, I guess the YouTube was a bit of a journey as well because I started off not really knowing for sure what type of videos I was going to do, um, centering around my products that I like to make, sharing the recipes, showing people how to make them themselves, and then testing out some other things. Like I mentioned the GAPS diet and health and things like that. And people love that. They wanted more of that. And so I've made that a big part of my um, content, the food, cooking, GAPS in general, GAPS diet type of content.
0: Did your uh, health journey start with the GAPS diet, or was that something that you found later on?
2: Um, it, I would say it did. I struggled with different chronic health issues, I would say, looking back probably from childhood, and it got worse in my late teens, early 20s, and my early 20s is when I came to the GAPS diet, and I had tried many different things up to that point that didn't help, and GAPS was amazing. It, it was exactly what I needed. And so I would say that my journey of actually improving my health started with Gaps, for sure.
0: Yeah. what's What have been some of the, you know, key milestones or successes that you've experienced in content creation, specifically YouTube and the blog?
2: Right. Um, I would say that, I mean... It's it might sound kind of funny, but I did have in the beginning a goal to make it into a business. So being able to make an income from it was is a big one that I've been able to do. And then also um helping people, because that's been a big mm. thing. Cause there's a lot of chronic illness, so many sick kids, adults who need help in that way, and being able to share and see them be helped and and do better and feel better has been huge.
0: Yeah. Have you been affected by any changes to any of the platforms or any of those issues uh, impacted your approach?
2: Not really. There was a a little thing that happened a few years back where YouTube, I think there was a a discussion about um, whether or not content was meant for kids or not. And that kind of caused a little scare for a little bit, but it ended up not being a big deal, thankfully. And nothing really affected me or needed to be changed. And so, yeah, nothing else has really come up.
0: Sure. As YouTube has uh, jumped into the podcasting side of things here recently, I've gone back and uploaded my entire back catalog to YouTube and uh, put it in a podcast playlist so it'll show up in YouTube music and all that. And about the only thing I've ever noticed about YouTube for kids is that it won't, if you mark a video as for YouTube for kids, it won't work in the mini player. Like, you you know, you can't keep scrolling the rest of YouTube and listen to that in the, in the background. And and that's about the only thing I've noticed is there other, other things to it that I'm not aware of.
2: Um, yeah, I think that if you mark it as made for kids, then you're not able to monetize those videos. You're not able to get ad revenue from them is, is the, Oh, I see. Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Makes sense. So, uh, You've mentioned the GAPS diet uh, a couple of times. Let's let's dive into that. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what the GAPS diet is, uh, where it came from, kind of what the goal of it is, or what the goals of it are. So,
2: right, yes. So the GAPS diet. So it's it's an acronym. GAPS stands for Gut and Psychology Syndrome, or Gut and Physiology Syndrome, and it's a a healing nutritional protocol designed by a doctor. She's actually a neuroscientist and a medical doctor. Her name is Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride. And she originally designed this because one of her sons was diagnosed with autism as a child. And she really wanted to do everything that she could to help him. So she combined her knowledge of nutrition, the medical world, neurology, and she combined that with ancient traditional dietary wisdom, nur, you know, real nourishing food. And from that, the GAPS diet was born. So it really, if you're, if anybody is familiar with the Weston A. Price, Wise Traditions, Nourishing Traditions style, um, you can think of those types of diet as like a well-person diet when there's not really any serious chronic health issues to overcome. And GAPS is that same style of eating in a sick person's version.
0: So GAPS is kind of trying to... um Detox. Is that a fair a fair word for it? Detox you so that you can get to eating like a Weston A price type of diet. Is that the idea?
2: Exactly. Yeah. So there's two kind of main tracks with gaps. There's a detox factor, like you said, and then there's also a healing the digestive tract. So sealing leaky gut, changing the inner microbiome so that it's a, in a healthy balance again. And then that way you can go on to digest more and more things like the body is, is supposed to be able to.
0: Sure. And Had you gone through the GAPS diet and and kind of been introduced to all that before you started Bumblebee Apothecary?
2: I did, yes. It was quite a few years before. It was in my early 20s when I first came to the GAPS diet and just saw what it did for my health. Just life-changing is not an understatement. Um, (laughs) Is an understatement. And yeah, so it was back then that I came to it, Um, and kind of had healed and gone on and went about living my life. And then as I started to talk about it more with my YouTube channel and everything, then I started to come back to it kind of. And during that time, I also had uh, two kids by that time. And the younger of the two was actually showing some signs that he could be helped with gaps. And so I started out kind of sharing his journey a little bit too, and then also my own. And from that it kind of grew, I went on to take the training to become a certified gaps coach from Dr. Natasha. And then everything has just kind of bloomed from that too.
0: Mm-hmm. And so this has been something that has impacted your whole family. I've I've gone back and watched some of your videos to try and get my head wrapped around what we're talking about here today. Uh, and so, but this has been something that your whole family has been exposed to at different times. And, and am I right?
2: Yes, that's, that's correct. Yeah. My husband went through it as well. Um, it's kind of funny. It was, it was kind of a part of our, of our dating um <laughs> um, you know, just making sure that who I was going to marry was going to be on board with this. And he was, he loved it and it really helped him. Um, and then my kids have had varying degrees of their own gaps journey. Some have needed it a little bit more than others. And yeah, so it's it's helped our entire family.
0: Sure. Yeah. I'm I'm in a fairly, I don't know, it's unique in my experience anyways. I'm in a fairly unique community here with the, the church that I pastor. And there's quite a few uh, people that are into the uh, into the fermented foods and the the homemade sauerkraut and the kefir and, uh, you know, uh, apple cider vinegar and, and all these different kinds of things uh, here. And and so that's been kind of my introduction to it. And I've heard uh, West Weston A. Price whispered about in corners here and there. Uh, but could you tell me a little bit about that, that, Um, way of thinking and and kind of some of the fermented foods and some of those things. Could you help me kind of fill in the gaps and introduce me a little bit to those things? And then we'll talk some more about uh, food system challenges in our nation as a whole.
2: Right. Yes. So fermented foods and cultured foods are very, very important to the GAPS diet. And like you said, the Weston A. Price style of eating because they provide a couple of different things. They provide a huge, wonderful source of healthy probiotic microbes, beneficial bacteria, far more than you usually get in commercial supplements, for example, much higher quality, much bigger variety. So that's one thing that they provide in that rebalancing the microbiome is to be able to have that big source of uh, fermented foods and friendly probiotic um, bacteria. And then the other thing that they do is fermentation always makes foods easier to digest because it goes in and it actually starts breaking things down so the body has less work to do, which is great when you're working on healing a digestive system because you want to be able to give it a rest as much as possible. So anytime something is... Made easier to digest. That's very, very helpful. Another thing that fermentation does is it actually makes the nutrients more available to our body. So, again, easier to digest in that way, but just more bioavailable nutrients. And it also actually creates more of its own nutrients a lot of the time, too. Like, for example, sauerkraut is one of the best sources of vitamin C. It's mm-hmm. huge the levels in there are just astronomical and it's also a, a very, very bioavailable form of vitamin C. So that's just an example.
0: Yeah. I don't know if I'm about to commit a Weston A. Price sin here, but I, it's my opinion that that hot dogs or, or sauerkraut should, or, uh, or bratwurst, there should be at least equal parts uh, meat and sauerkraut there, if not more sauerkraut than meat, because Perfect. that's what makes those things worth eating in my opinion.
2: <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And it's so interesting because <laughs> traditionally – People knew, like years past, people knew to combine certain types of food Mm. because not only do they taste amazing, and that's kind of what we've taken in the modern world is like, oh, these two things taste good and that's where it ends. But Mm. really there's more to it. Traditionally people knew to pair things like that. So the fermented cabbage with some type of a cured meat or something because the fermented cabbage actually um, enhances your digestion, helps your body digest that meat better so you get more from the food that way.
0: And that's one of the things that I picked up, at least I think I picked up, you can correct me if I'm wrong from watching some of your videos, was that really what has caused a lot of the problems in our health system or in the personal individual health in our country is uh, hard to digest foods causing leaky gut. And and then what we're doing with the GAPS diet or what you're doing with the GAPS diet is trying to heal that leaky gut to kind of amend some of those issues. Am I kind of uh, hearing you right?
2: Right. Yes. I think that there's a few different things that contribute to that. So, Number one, we've kind of lost those traditional food preparation techniques like fermenting and souring our grains, uh, fermenting vegetables, eating fermented foods with our meals in general. We've kind of just left that off. So we're eating like unprepared grains, lots of white flour or even whole grains, actually, that nothing has been done to. So it's full of anti-nutrients, very irritating to the gut, actually binds with nutrients so that your body doesn't absorb nutrients. So it can be... Pretty bad. And then there's also things like genetically modified organisms. You know, there's that's opening up a whole nother can of worms, but you know how they have like pesticides with them that we're digesting. And what is that doing to our gut? I feel like it really contributes to leaky gut hugely. And then there's just our overall toxic load in the modern world and how having the body with that higher level of toxicity. Actually, in the body, invites things like overgrowth of yeasts and things like that to protect us from those toxins. But the overgrowth of yeast, like candida, is one that a lot of people are familiar with. Has a lot of its own side effects and and um, uncomfortable symptoms and things as well. So it's a combination of of things in our modern world.
0: Yeah, and you bring up up a good point there. And I think that it's one of those things that back to the wise traditions uh, that you were mentioning earlier we just assume that our our food system has always been the way it is now and i think if you went back to pre world war 2 uh pretty easily our our food system is is drastically different than it is now and a lot of the, even even more recent than that, we've made a lot of changes to our food system to allow the application of pesticides, and we've started to use pesticides as a desiccant on things like wheat uh, a lot more uh, frequently, or, or for the first time maybe ever in human history. I don't know, but you know, I mean, some of those things just were not happening until fairly recently in our food system. And and I think, you know, you, you hear lots of talking on both sides of these issues, but I think that one thing that uh, you hear a lot is that that's where a lot of these gluten sensitivities and things like that have come from in our in our nation is the way that we have prepared these uh, products for human consumption. Is that kind of line up with what you've discovered in your in your uh, research?
2: Yes, I think so for sure. I was thinking um, back to it's actually even more recent than just World War World War II really uh, the GMOs were introduced I believe in the early 90s. So I like to think about that the way that I as a child ate even though there were you know um different things going on at that time we didn't have GMOs yet. Um, and then you see kids today there's so much chronic illness in children so much eczema it's actually unusual to not see mm-hmm. young children that that don't have eczema. They almost all do there is huge developmental delays and uh, learning disabilities, all of those things are just on the rise. And and I can't help but just see that connection between all of these changes that we've made in our food, even though it's, it's like you said, easy to think, oh, it's it's not really that different. But when you stop and look at how things are being grown, how depleted the soil is, all of the pesticides that we're using and the odd technologies that are being used, it's it's very different. And it's no mystery why people are as sick as they are today.
0: Right. Yep. Um, Are there some other challenges or are those the main challenges that you think of when you think about the macro level uh, food system picture that we're looking at in our country?
2: Um, I think those are, are kind of the big ones. I mean, I did mention toxicity having a high level of toxicity in your body contributes to a lot of things. Like I said, the overgrowth of pathogens And then it also contributes to deficiencies. So like mineral deficiencies, vitamin deficiencies and things like that. And so, yeah, I think it's that combination of food not being the same and a huge toxic load. Um, Going back to like the gluten sensitivity is a good example of how food has changed. So I don't believe that people are actually designed to just digest modern wheat as it is. Um, because it's been hybridized, so it's very different from traditional types of wheat. And then also when you pair that with um, eating it when nothing has been done to it, no souring or soaking or sprouting or anything like that, then It's no surprise that people are having all these gluten sensitivity issues and you see all of the marketing for gluten free products. And really, I think if we can apply some of those traditional principles of sealing the gut with our meat stock and and broth like that, getting the fermented foods back in there and then just properly preparing things, then people, people do so much better. And I see that happen all the time.
0: Yeah, I'm going to confess my ignorance here, but is there is is souring of the grain is that like sourdough or is there something more to it or or is that talking about something different altogether?
2: No, yeah, that is the same thing. So there's a few different ways that you can properly prepare grains and that's the one that people are most familiar with is making sourdough bread where you have a sourdough starter that is a symbiotic kind of colony of beneficial bacteria and yeast that live in some flour and water mm-hmm. and you use that to Um, feed your your dough that you're going to make your bread with. It has natural leavening properties, wonderful taste. And then it does that action of where it breaks down those anti-nutrients and makes everything easier to to digest and unlocks those nutrients as well. There's other things that you can do too, like just soaking. So soaking with whey and water is something that you can do for like breakfast cereals or oatmeal, something like that. And those are kind of the main ones uh sprouting can also be helpful, too. I always like to pair that with also souring or soaking as well, though.
0: Hmm. So the, the SCOBY, symbiotic colony of bacteria and yeast, that's also the active in what makes kombucha, right? I mean, that's how the kombucha is made as well?
2: That's right. Yes. Yeah, so very similar thing. Yeah. Just bacteria and yeast living together just in another form. And then there's also kefir grains, if you're familiar with cultured mm-hmm. dairy. They're a similar thing. Just a little happy colony of beneficial bacteria and yeast that can culture milk for you.
0: Yep. We've done all that. <laughs> uh, nice. we've, done the, we've done the kombucha. We've done the – we do. I shouldn't say we've done. We do the kombucha. We do the the kefir. We do uh, the sourdough. So uh, – and and probably – we're on the, we enjoy this train more than we are, let's be strategic about, you know, sealing up our gut and, and those kinds of things. So I'm I'm looking, like I said, I'm looking forward to this conversation. It's something that is going to be helpful for, for my family as well. So what are some of the key recommendations and approaches uh, that you share with your followers? I mean, we've talked about some of those, but are are would there be some expansion on those that you would get to for, for more detail?
2: Yeah, so um, a lot of what I share is, the practical how to things, so recipes, how do you prepare this, and then videos on the GAPS protocol itself, like navigating those um, GAPS intro stages. If you're familiar with the GAPS diet, there's like the full GAPS diet or there's the introduction diet that has stages that work you through. So, there's a lot of questions and that people have about how to navigate that. So, I, I cover that some in on YouTube. I also offer more of that with GAPS coaching that people can work with me through, and then. I also talk a lot about there's a lot of other things that come into play. There's some supplementation, some things that are helpful to do in combination with just food, um, like making sure that you're having high quality salt is another one. Like um, we're talking about Baja Gold salt. That's actually my favorite of all the mineral salts that are out there. There are two that are good as far as high mineral content, but Baja Gold is my favorite for two reasons. It's very high in magnesium. And then also I love the flavor of it the best too. So making sure that you have your key areas in the diet covered, like making sure that you have a good salt like that so that you're getting those minerals and your body has them for its healing journey. And then also focusing on um, other things that people can, it can be easy to forget, but there's such important parts of the protocol, like including organ meats, egg yolks, the fermented foods like we talked about, and then enough of the meat stock, which is short-cooked meat broth that really works to seal leaky gut. So mm. I talk about those. And then there's other parts with it too, like um, the emotional part of healing and things that people don't expect to be dealing with, mm. dealing with family members and friends who don't understand this way that you're eating. There's there's so much that we talk about just to help with this type of lifestyle.
0: Right. Some of the things that I really appreciated, first of all, uh, was the introduction diet, that there's an introduction phase to this where we're trying to really get that gut sealed up first before we move on to uh, the the GAPS diet kind of as a way of life. Is that is that how you approach it?
2: Yeah, it's pretty individual. And um, <clears throat> if possible, it's ideal if people can start with intro. Intro is the most deeply healing part of the GAPS diet. It's very deeply detoxing as well. And not everybody is ready for that. It used to be years ago when Dr. Natasha first designed the GAPS diet that she only had the full GAPS diet. And then she came up with the the introduction diet a little bit later as she saw that there was a need for something like that. And then today um, we've kind of come full circle where people are sicker than ever before. And for some people, the intro stages are too much. They cause too much die off, which is what happens when the pathogens start to die and they release a lot of toxins at once. And so sometimes people are not able to handle that, and they need to start with the full version, which just includes all of the foods that are on the GAPS diet, and it's much gentler. So that's how those two work.
0: Talk to me a little bit more about organ the importance of organ meat and uh, the stock that you were talking about. So let's take those individually if you want to start with the organ meat, and then we'll talk about stock.
2: Sure, Yes. These are huge. So organ meats are not always a part of our modern diet, which is really, really sad because I like to think of them as um, the ultimate food version of a multivitamin, especially liver. It is chock full of every beneficial nutrient really that's out there. Um, Every vitamin, fat soluble, it even has vitamin C, believe it or not. So they're just amazing. If somebody has been following gaps and they're just not seeing the progress that they would like to, that's always my wonderment. Number one question for Mm -hmm. them is, are you including organ meats? How often are you having them? Because they make such a difference just for including those vitamins. They make you feel so much better. I, for a while, I was um, really including liver for a really long time while I was working through some things. And I was telling people like liver is the secret to my life. I feel <laughs> <laughs> to my existence rather is what I said C- secret to my existence, because I feel so amazing. You have so much energy and like strength when you're eating organ meats um, and your body, as it's going through a, a healing process like this where it's detoxing heavily, it's repairing itself, you want to be giving it the highest quality building materials possible. And it needs a lot of resources to be able to do this work. And one of the best ways to provide those is with organ meats and traditional cultures knew what they were doing when they prized those. And the most important people in their societies would always get the organ meats first and there was wisdom behind that.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then on to the stock. You you said, I think you said it was a quick cooked. Is that right?
2: Yeah. So this is one of the big things that we always have to make sure that we get right before we start the GAPS diet is the difference between bone broth and meat stock. Mm. So a lot of people come to GAPS already familiar with like the Nourishing Traditions cookbook and making bone broth. And then they just assume that, oh, it's the same thing. That's what she's talking about when it's actually not. So bone broth is made with the bony bones with not much meat on them. They can be bones from something that was already cooked that you save and you cook it for a very long time. Meat stock, on the other hand, is made from raw, meaty bones. You want it to have a joint in there with lots of connective tissue. Mm -hmm. And then it's cooked for a very short amount of time. So poultry is one and a half to three hours usually. And then other things like beef bison, game, pork, is or um, lamb is another one, are four to six hours. So uh, bone broth is very long, like 12 to 36 hours sometimes. Meat stock is very short. The reason for that is to make sure that all of that collagen is just very uh, bioavailable and easy for the body to access and digest. And then also it keeps it very low histamine. So histamines are something that people can sometimes deal with on the GAPS diet and it can be irritating and bone broth is very high in those. And so keeping it to meat stock is very helpful for having them make sure that they tolerate it well.
0: Hmm. So just if you're making some chicken stock from meat stock, um, would you have taken some of the meat off of that bird and then like put it in a crock pot for one to three hours or what? Let's just get practical. What's the approach there?
2: Right. Yeah. So for chicken, for any poultry, you can just do the whole bird. If you have time and, and energy for it, it's helpful if you can kind of cut it up a little bit to expose the joints some more. But the easiest is to just do the whole bird. You can do just wings or just thighs or drumsticks as well, if that's easier to to source those. But whole birds work great.
0: Yeah. and, and, and go Go ahead.
2: I'm sorry. I was just going to say it's like... Just making your traditional chicken soup really is all it is. You just have your chicken in there. You're cooking it with some onions, carrots, things like that. Your good mineral salt, uh, peppercorns, if you're on early gaps, you can strain out. And then basically your chicken soup is what you're having. And then um, other cuts can be made a little bit differently depending on what animal it's from. A little longer cooking time, but that's basically what it is.
0: Right. And you've been releasing uh, weekly videos for about five years. Is that right?
2: That's right. Yes, I've done uh, one or two videos every week for the life of my channel.
0: So we could obviously talk for a long time about the ins and outs of this. And I just encourage people to go subscribe to your YouTube, YouTube channel and, and and get it all there. And, and it is a well put together YouTube channel, very helpful playlists and, and different things that people can go and find exactly what they're looking for. They don't have to scroll through the whole, the whole back catalog to find what they're looking for. So uh, kudos to you on that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you so much.
0: Yeah. So, who are some of the influencers or or other authorities and voices that you go to and that have influenced you and shaped your thinking on these things?
2: Right. Yeah. So, Dr. Natasha, definitely the creator of the GAPS diet, is a big one. I love anytime I can hear her speak. It's always so inspiring. Um, other ones are Sally Fallon, Sally Fallon Morell of the Weston A. Price Foundation. Um, she's fantastic, and her books are as well. Also, one of my sort of heroes, actually two of them, two other heroes that I have are Joel Salatin for his style of farming and how he has done so much to share that with other people and really break it down and teach it, make it accessible. And then Dr. Tom Cowan also for his like new, fresh perspective on the medical world, the health world, and the things that we're dealing with and how he really goes and looks at what is the science actually saying? What is the research saying? Not just what people have taken and sort of ran with for whatever reason, but what is really happening?
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. I appreciate that. That's a helpful list for people to go and do some of their own research for sure. Uh, and this this uh, hits home for me as, as a a father of four children, uh, and my wife and I are raising them together. Uh, what are some of the challenges with providing nutrient-rich foods and diets for a household who might have different needs or tastes? Yes,
2: yeah, so this is a really good question. I talk a lot about kids and real food on my channel because it's people have a lot of questions around this. Um, some of the things that can help are your attitude towards the food yourself, so showing that you enjoy the process, It's important to you how it's sourced, um, that you love cooking, that cooking is like an activity that brings family together. You love eating together, being adventuresome in trying new things. There's not like good or bad tastes, but a lot of variety of food that we can explore. I love talking to my kids a lot about the different things that food does for your body and how choices are powerful when it comes to our personal health and how you know I'm really trying to help them to advocate for themselves and make good choices rather than just being like, nope, you can't have that, you can have this or you know things like that, controlling it, rather teaching them why it's good to make these good choices. Um, there's also practical things like sourcing food, buying meat in bulk. So buying directly from farms, getting whole or half of animals. It saves money when it comes to budgeting when you have a family that you need to feed. It Also, I love doing this too because when you buy a whole or a half of an animal, you get all of the cuts as well. So you're actually sort of forced to use those things like the bones and the organs and everything like that that you wouldn't necessarily think of going out and buying. But when you buy a whole or a half, you get all that. And so your kids get exposed to it that way. You just work it into your routine of meals. Um, Yeah, so those those are some big ones that we we talk about.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think that, um, you know, uh, one of the things that you're when you're talking about buying uh, holes or halves or whatever of, of, of a critter is that you can request the organ meats too, then, right? You can also get those things thrown in there, uh, especially if you're taking the half and somebody else probably isn't taking the organ meats from that half. So, you, you uh, because we've forgotten these things that we did know traditionally, uh, a lot of those things are. Forgotten and left left at the butcher shop for them to deal with, uh, and and they're available for you. Is that true yeah. in your experience?
2: Yes, it is, and that's another tip that I like to share that a lot of people don't know what they're, they're leaving behind with the bones and the organ meats. And so you can ask, make sure that you ask for that when you're getting yours, and then also ask, is there extra left over? Same thing goes for fat. If you want to render that and make your own tallow, which is amazing, or lard, just ask for it. Usually people. Although I have noticed a trend shifting where people are starting to, especially for the fat, there are people in general are, general are starting to ask for that a bit more. But still, there's a lot of people who don't know yet. And so you can oftentimes ask for extra, sometimes even for free.
0: Yeah, for sure. And my my son has gotten into making his own buckskin and and those kinds of things and and processing his own hides and so we've even last the last couple that we've had uh processed we've actually asked for them to put the hides out back and we go back and pick them up and so uh yeah, those those things, you know, they're all, the whole critter is useful. They used to use the whole critter. We could we should probably start to get back to knowing how to make use of the whole critter. It wouldn't be a bad idea, I don't think. So let's t- keep on that that uh vein of of nutrition and children um you know ha- talk about how nutrition is a key opportunity for taking back control for your family and guiding your children and family in the ways that you prefer and not just following the norm
2: right yes that's a big a really big one um i like to talk about with my family that Really, the number one thing that we have control over that impacts our health is what we're eating every day. So, that's just that's huge, and it can come into whatever challenges we might be dealing with skin issues, developmental things, anything like that. Food is the number one tool that we have to be able to help our bodies get past that. And so, I like to talk about that a lot with them. Um, And then make it a family thing together, whether it's cooking, um, going to farms to source source things together. Um, even as we're branching out more into growing your own food, we've been raising meat chickens for a while and we're currently trying to source or trying to find a property and want to raise more animals. So just giving kids that connection with where their food comes from and all of that I think is powerful. I think it really just helps them for the rest of their life be able to have that good foundation and to have the tools to draw on later when they want to be able to impact their health in the right way
0: yeah i'm a huge fan as well of joel salatin and i really like what he talks about with stacking fiefdoms that you don't have to have the land necessarily to get started in ranching if you could find somebody else who's already doing the things that you like and then say hey could i run some meat chickens behind your cows or or whatever go out and so if there's any any uh Colorado agriculture <laughs> people listening, and they're they're looking for somebody that would come out and run some meat chickens behind their cows, you can get a hold of Marissa. <laughs> <laughs>
2: for sure, that's right. And it's funny that you said that because right now we're in a neighborhood, it's like a quarter acre lot, so it's a good size. We do what we can with, with our laying hens at our house, but to raise meat chickens, we actually use some land south of us a little ways. And make it work. If if you want it, you'll you'll make it happen. Yeah,
0: for sure, for sure. Uh, one of the things that I appreciated that I picked up from one of your videos was that you said uh, after you've been through the introduction and you've been on GAPS diet for a while, that you try to stick to about twenty percent of, at least, uh, uh, you know, not not more than twenty uh, percent of your diet is from things that aren't necessarily gaps diet approved if I understood you correctly so on a given week 80 to 90 percent of what you're taking in fits into the gaps diet but if you end up at somebody's house and you're and you're you know they're they're not serving a gaps approved meal you can still eat that because it's not exceeding that 10 to 20 percent is that still holding true
2: yes for sure and this is something else another thing that we talk about a lot too because it's very very practical it impacts relationships and different things so yes for our family, Like I said, we've been on different journeys, each person, where sometimes it is necessary to be strict. If you're working through something and sometimes you just are going to bring your own food to somebody's house or to a restaurant or something like that. And that's just the way it is. You do what you have to do and it's worth it. But the goal of GAPS is always that it's a temporary healing diet and that we want to be able to come off of it and eat the full Weston A. Price style diet that includes the properly prepared grains and the starches and things that are not on GAPS. And then beyond that, of course, we're living in our modern world. We have friends who, you know, eat differently or, or different things like that. And so having that 80, 20 or 90, 10 or whatever it looks like for each individual is so helpful because once you have that good foundation laid and that's how you're eating for the most part, your body really can just do okay. I find most often, if you are just relaxed about it and just have something else now and then. And it's, it's really neat because I like to always remember what you are doing and what you are eating on a regular basis and what you're doing for the most part makes a bigger difference for your health than what you do every once in a while. And what you are remembering to include makes a bigger difference than what you're trying to avoid, if that makes sense.
0: Sure. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I think that one of the things, the practical ways that that ten- has tended to work out in my life is when I eat something that isn't part of you know, what I'm normally eating. Usually I don't feel great afterwards. And it's kind of a reminder of, oh yeah, that's why I like to eat this way.
2: (laughs) For sure. Yes, that's huge. And for my kids too, I always teach it as a learning time. I don't want to develop any type of a, like complex around food or stress around it or anything, but I always teach things. I always treat things like that as a learning time and be like, yep, see, you know, that's how it is. Your body was like, nope, I don't like that. I like what we usually eat. And yeah, see, notice how you feel after things is always a big thing that I'm always telling them.
0: Sure, yeah. And has has this journey that you've been on, and and especially with the introduction of, of children into this journey, uh, has it kind of caused you to rethink other things about the way that we approach uh, society and in, in in general, and, and the way that we approach maybe entertainment or education or any of those things? Has it has it caused you to rethink some of those things too?
2: Um, maybe some. I I wouldn't say anything hugely, just because I was raised um traditionally conservatively and my mom always did the best that she did a great job with um homemade from scratch food uh wholesome entertainment things like that always she was a big researcher always looking into health um you know finding out what she could about it so that she could be well informed so i don't really think that things have hugely changed although um I guess it's more just been figuring out the journey for myself and my kids and how that looks in our particular life. Um, I was homeschooled, and so it was a little bit different than my kids go to our church's school, and so that's one thing where if you're homeschooled in your home, a lot of the time food can be a little bit easier. Um, but yeah. learning to work that out with a school setting and friends and different people who don't all eat the same way has been kind of different. Just learning how to to navigate that and. The right combinations of doing what you know that your family needs while being gracious and allowing for other people who have different ideas and working out that has been probably the biggest growing time, I think.
0: Yeah. You mentioned kind of the importance and, and, and why you appreciate uh, Baja gold uh, and some of those things. Can you talk about the importance of minerals? I mean, you, you talked about the fact that it's high in magnesium and some other things that really draw you to it. But can you talk about the importance of minerals in all of this that we've been talking about this uh, approach to, to food?
2: Yes, for sure. So um, it's hard to know where to begin because there's so many different ways. So when someone has chronic illness, whether that's, uh, usually it's a combination, usually there's toxicity, um, imbalance in the microbiome, all of that, there's there's pretty much always nutrient deficiencies, including mineral deficiencies. And that can come about because when there's a toxic load, the body uses up a lot of minerals just dealing with that toxicity. And so it becomes, there becomes a great need for a good intake of high quality minerals also minerals are very helpful uh, in so many different ways they're helpful for relieving the die-off symptoms as you're working through pathogens dying and toxins releasing and the body working that out takes a lot of minerals Um, magnesium is a big one which is one of the reasons why i love baja gold because it's so high in magnesium Uh, It's also very helpful, minerals are calming to the nervous system. A lot of people who come to GAPS with more neurological or psychological concerns really need that to be able to sleep, to be able to relieve anxiety and feel calm and things like that. Um, So yeah, and then the enjoyment factor of food tasting good is so huge. Um, And then also the detox, this kind of ties into what I was saying before, the detox part of GAPS. These uh, minerals, whether you are Um, Eating and drinking them or actually taking the detox baths, which are a big part of the GAPS protocol, is the the body's able to use minerals in that way, too. So through the skin, relieving aches or whatever yucky feelings you have from die off um, and just detoxing the body through the skin that way. So a lot of different ways.
0: Mm. Very cool. Uh, can you talk to me, kind of walk me through uh, a day in the life of the Tulsma household and, and the role that uh, minerals and, and Baja Gold specifically play in that, uh, in that day?
2: <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah. So, we love adding the, the ocean liquid minerals, the drops to our drinking water. Uh, my husband has a pretty physical job uh, especially this time of year in the summer when it's hot out. Uh, he does concrete foundations. And so he loves that. Um, he was really excited when that was released because we had been using some other liquid trace minerals before, and he he could feel the difference immediately mm-hmm. when he started using the liquid ocean minerals instead of the other one. And so we love those. I, I have them in my water continually. I prefer how water tastes with them in there. And I just know that they make me feel better. Um, and then I'll give them now and then to my kids. They're very in tune with their body. So they know when they need extra minerals and water or not. So I'll give them to them off and on. Um, and then throughout the day, cooking our meals, we always have the Baja gold sea salt there next to the stove. We also have the grinder on the table so people can add more. So breakfast, um, lunch, dinner, and then we use um, some of the other products too. So we have chickens and we've been giving them some in their water. We've also been doing the the livestock minerals, sprinkling it for them to kind of peck at. And then we've been also using some of the, the um, gardening products as well. So using that to fertilize plants and really been liking those. And then there's also the Um, ocean mineral soak. So it's the combination of Baja gold sea salt with Epsom salts. And like I was talking about before, detox baths are a big part of GAPS. They're something that we just continue all the time just because for one thing, kids need baths all the time anyway, so it's easy to do, but they're helpful for keeping their minerals up, for um, just having that gentle ongoing detox all the time. So the detox baths with the um, Baja gold salt and the Epsom salt combination is something that we like to use a lot in the evenings as well.
0: Yeah. I really appreciate, uh, just the, the trajectory of C90, uh, even since I've started a relationship with them, but the, the release of the grower series that you mentioned for the, uh, for the, uh, garden and, and some of those things making it just easier for the home user, uh, has been a pretty, pretty cool thing. I really, really appreciate that. So thanks. Thanks for sharing that. Um, what other areas are you involved in that tie back to Bumblebee apothecary's broader mission? What are some of the other things that you are doing uh, outside of the gaps diet and outside of uh, of some of the things that we've been talking about?
2: Yes, yeah, so I have um meal plans that I have designed that I offer. there's a a non i have gaps one as well, gaps ones as well, and then I also have a non gaps one, and then I have um some just general food recipes, um, DIY skincare recipes, sort of day in the life, what we're eating in a day or week. I have um, more just like vlog style, what we're doing today type of content. And then I'm also working on something that I'm really excited about that's not released yet, but early September, I'm releasing some programs that walk people through the process that I did to build my blog and YouTube channel, and then also have an Etsy shop. And so anybody who's interested to follow my same process and do that as well, will be able to get these and, and do that if they're interested.
0: Sure. Do you do any kind of individual consulting or courses that people can take?
2: I do have a gaps coaching uh, a few different ways. I have a membership, and then I also have a coaching package that includes all of my coaching materials. It has cooking videos, informational videos, lots of written material, printables, resources, and then also uh, daily support from me.
0: Sure. Yeah. So anything else that we should uh, touch on here uh, before, as we point towards wrapping up?
2: Um, I can't think of anything else big. I'm just, I'm Bumblebee Apothecary on YouTube. BumblebeeApothecary.com is my website. And then I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and everything. I've tried to lay it out to be very easy to find all my resources there. So love to see anybody new come along.
0: So, that's where people can go to get in touch with you for for coaching or any of the other things you've talked about kind of. And all those links will be in the show notes page for today workingcows.net/313.
1: Michael, you got anything to anything to add here? Just want to say thank you so much for the time, Marissa. Thank you so much for sharing. Uh, I learned a ton. I was taking notes this entire time and uh really appreciate uh, you know all the guidance you provide because as you mentioned Nutrition is such a key part of health and, and health is the reason we're doing all this. So um, thank you all so much. Um, if you have any questions about C90 or Baja Gold, um, you can visit our website, c90.com or BajaGoldSaltCo.com. Uh, the episode that I referen- referenced earlier was episode 261. Uh, our founder, Robert Kane walks through his relationship with Dr. Maynard Murray and the discovery of ocean minerals and uh, subsequently Baja Gold sea salt. So please take a listen to that one. Um, and, uh, if there's any questions at all, just reach out to our team. We really encourage more research into the role of salt. Um, Dr. Eric Berg shares a lot about the role of sea salt. Um, there's an interesting uh, exploration by a gentleman named Darko Velchak and Ian Clark around the role of salt and hydration. Um, Dr. Andrew Huberman, um, a lot of people are talking about salt. So we really encourage people to to do their research. As Marissa mentioned, uh, there's a, a small number of really, really high quality sea salts, whether or not it's Baja Gold or another one. We really recommend it for your overall health and wellness and uh, just really appreciate everyone's time today.
0: Yeah, they're very, very good. Thank you so much. I appreciate it as well. And and we'll have links to Eric Berg's video in the show notes page for today as well, as well as episode 261, where we talked to uh, Dr. Robert Kane as well. And so we'll have links to all that. You can find it in the show notes page for today, workingcows.net slash 313. Michael and Marissa, thank you for your time today.
2: Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Clay.
0: And if you got a few minutes, uh, I'd like to capture some bonus content, but first I'm going to talk to the people for a, just a, a minute uh, about the uh, about the next episode that we're going to release. And then I'd like to talk to you a little bit about food labels uh, because I found I saw my first regenerative food label the other day. So I want to talk a little bit about what you think about food labels if you've got some time. Uh, so, but it, uh, for the next episode, episode 314 of the Working Cows podcast, we're going to be talking to Mark Firth from Aeroquip Corporation. And they are makers of all kinds of different livestock handling equipment. And we're going to talk to them about making ranching safer, easier, and more accessible. So uh, look forward to that coming your way real soon on another episode of the Working Cows Podcast. We'll see you then. We invite you to visit workingcows.net to subscribe to the show via iTunes or Stitcher. You'll also find detailed show notes pages, resources from our guests, and the industry leaders who have influenced them. For more ideas on putting your cows to work for you in a more profitable way, tune in next week.